let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Hundreds of years ago, war was raging in the nation of China. They were attacked by Mongols and Manchus, and the Ming Empire was under attack. The long, drawn-out conflict was taking its toll on the Chinese nation. So the rulers in Beijing decided to pursue a new strategy to defend their homeland. Rather than focusing only on building up their battle forces, they decided to begin to build a huge wall along the border between their territory and their enemies. Now, this was no ordinary wall. In fact, today, portions of this wall are still standing more than 400 years later. We call it the Great Wall of China, and it's so magnificent, it is visible from outer space. It goes for hundreds of kilometers, and the Ming Empire worked hard to fortify the wall. In places, the top of the wall is eight meters high, making it almost impossible to climb over. There were 25,000 watchtowers built all along the wall so that the Ming Empire army could keep watch and notice when any enemy was approaching. But along the wall, the Chinese also built gates where people could pass in and out. Like today, China was heavily involved in international trade, so they wanted to allow traders in and out. And the gates were well fortified and well guarded, but the gates also provided an opportunity for the enemies of China to access the nation. In fact, enemy armies did not need to overcome the Great Wall of China. They simply needed to pass through one single gate to attack. And that's how the Ming Empire was defeated. In May 1644, enemy forces came and paid a bribe to a man named Wu Sangui, a Chinese army officer who was in charge of one of the gates. They promised him wealth and power, and Wu Sangui opened one single gate and allowed the enemy to enter. He came in, and the Ming Empire was destroyed. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the true story of the Great Wall of China and the fall of the Ming Empire. For you see, in spite of the fact that they built one of the greatest walls in history and they kept out the enemy in many ways, they failed to protect the one unexpected place of access to the land. And in the same way, your greatest battle in life is over points of access to your life. If you fortify yourself against attack, but you allow one unexpected place to left open, the enemy can come in and destroy you. And the surprising truth is, most people often mistake the place of greatest access. We build great walls to fortify ourselves against spiritual forces of darkness. We pray all night. We speak in tongues. We bind and loose. We cast out witches and wizards. We do all kinds of spiritual disciplines, but surprisingly, you can do all of those things and still lose the war over your destiny because you let the enemy have access through the gate you failed to guard. For the truth is, no matter how much protection you think you have against spiritual forces, you will be overcome by Satan if you give him access to your mind. 
No prophet can protect you when the devil dominates your thinking. No midnight prayer can save you when you hand Satan the key to the gateway to your life. For the fact is access to your mind is access to your life. That's why in order to demolish strongholds in your life, you have to begin with the stronghold of the mind. That's the powerful lesson in our sermon today. We're going to discover the truth about the stronghold of our minds and how we can win the battle to achieve our destiny. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we come to you in the name that is above every name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask you today to teach us our greatest battle and what we must do to win the stronghold of our mind. We know and acknowledge that the enemy has come to attack our minds with lies, but we pray today that every lie, every falsehood, every deception of the enemy from our past and from our present will be broken and exposed and driven out, and that your truth, your light, your power will penetrate our hearts and minds that we might achieve our destiny. We submit to you now. I bind every voice of the enemy that comes to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to bring us light and life and love and truth and transformation that we might become the people that you've desired for us to be. We thank you by faith that you will change us today and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now, put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to Agape House. We're also beginning a new sermon series today called Strongholds. That's our sermon series is Strongholds, and today's message is the stronghold of the mind. See, throughout this month, we're going to be looking at different strongholds in our lives that hold many of us back from achieving our destiny, and we're going to discover how to demolish those strongholds and prevail in God's power. And we, we're beginning today like I said, with the message, the stronghold of the mind. Now that may surprise you because a lot of people would not automatically think of the stronghold of the mind as the first and most important stronghold. We think that our strongholds are battles against the devil, or you may think your greatest stronghold is a physical temptation, or you may think your greatest stronghold is a family tie and an inherited hindrance. But I believe the stronghold of the mind is the most most important stronghold we must demolish and take control over. In fact, I believe the mind is our greatest battle, and that's what we're going to learn in our scripture text for today. It's three verses found in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. It's on the top of your sermon notes. You can take those out if you've got a hard copy, or you can access them through the QR code in your bulletin. It's also on the screen, and I'd like us to begin the Stronghold Sermon Series by reading these three verses out loud. Read it like you're doing warfare today. Are you ready? Get yourself ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. When you read this passage, it should inspire you because here we have a promise from God. No matter what battle you face, no matter how strong the stronghold, you have a weapon that can demolish every stronghold of the devil. You have a promise of God for his power today to give you victory at all times. If you believe it, say amen. But here's the surprising truth. As the Apostle Paul continues in this passage, he turns our attention attention to the first and most important element in spiritual warfare. He talks about the stronghold of the mind. So his first engagement with the enemy is not in heavenly realms of the spirit, but in the arena of the mind. Rather than focusing on battling witches and wizards and family ties, he talks on battling deception in our thoughts. Instead of teaching us to cast out demons from the demon-possessed, he teaches us to cast out lies from our minds. Now, for most of us, this doesn't make sense. We've been taught by the bishops and the archbishops that we need to do certain spiritual disciplines. We've been taught that we need to break family ties and tear down secret altars. We've been told to fire intercontinental spiritual ballistic missiles against the enemy. We've been told that we need to do midnight prayer and pray in tongues and give seed offerings to spiritual leaders and bathe with anointing oil. But the Apostle Paul, doesn't mention any of these things. He gives us one simple key to taking control over strongholds. It's not midnight prayer. It's not praying in tongues. It's not sowing seeds. It's not anointing oil. It's one simple step. Bring every thought under the control of Jesus Christ. Now, hear me well. I'm not against spiritual disciplines. I believe in prayer. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in sowing seeds and anointing oil, and I believe in the name of Jesus, and I believe we need to do battle against the enemy. But you can do all that. You can build the great wall of China spiritually around your life, but if you give away the key to the gate, you will be defeated. And your mind is the gateway to your life. Your thoughts are the access point to your life. If you let Satan control your thoughts, you will be overcome. Your mind is the greatest battle. That's why Paul begins his teaching on spiritual warfare by teaching about the stronghold of the mind. So let's break down these verses and give you three truths today about the stronghold of the mind. And here's your first truth. Your greatest battle is in your mind. Just say, my greatest battle is in my mind. Listen again to verse 5 from our text. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, victory in life begins with victory in your mind. What controls your mind controls your life. That's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so 
is he. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Your thinking determines your living. You become what you think. The more you think about something, the more you focus upon it. The more you focus on it, the more it takes your attention. And when you focus on something over and over again, it will lead you down the path of your life. Your destiny will be determined by the direction of your thoughts. That's the powerful lesson we can learn from the true story of an American man named Joshua Burrell. It was a beautiful evening along the Pacific coast near San Diego, California, USA on Christmas Day 2005. It was so glorious as the sun set to the west over the water and the sunlight danced along the waves. There were beautiful cliffs and shadows were being cast. It was a gorgeous scene. But 33-year-old Joshua Burrell didn't notice the sunset or the dancing waves and the light. He didn't look at the cliffs or the surroundings. He was distracted as he walked along the cliff above the ocean. He was distracted by his mobile phone. Unable or unwilling to stop texting and reading and scrolling, he didn't watch where he was going. And before anyone could stop him, Joshua Burrell had veered off the path and had walked over to the edge of the cliff. And with his face in his mobile phone, he suddenly and unexpectedly stepped over the edge and fell 20 meters to the rocks below. Horrified onlookers rushed to try to rescue him. They administered life-saving CPR, but it was too late. Joshua Burrell fell and died because he was distracted by his mobile phone. And he missed the path. The tragic but true story of Joshua Burrell has a powerful lesson for all of us. The things that you focus your mind upon have a powerful influence. Simply put, how you view life will determine how you do life. That's why the mind is the main battlefield for your destiny. The enemy knows if he can distract you, if he can control your thinking, he can control your direction. When your mind is focused on the wrong things, you will go astray and miss your destiny. But if your mind will focus on the truth and on God's word, you will be able to walk in the path that God has for you. So here's the truth you need to put on your keychain and carry along with you. You will walk in victory in your life when you become transformed in your mind. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12 to don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Tell your neighbor, change the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the foundational truth in this passage is that God wants to change you. He wants to make you new. He wants to let you walk in victory. He wants you to achieve your destiny. And it begins by him transforming your thinking. For the Bible says in Romans 8, 6, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And believe it or not, this is exactly the message that Jesus brought when he began his ministry. The Bible says in Matthew 4:17, when he launched out and began to preach, this was the message. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. Everybody say repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. And at first glance, you may be wondering the connection between repentance and my mind. And you may even say, but Reverend, he didn't say 
change your thinking. He didn't say, think about what you're thinking about. He said, we need to repent. We need to change our behavior. But friend, here's the truth. The word repent does not mean change your conduct. It literally means change your mind. The English word repent comes from the Greek word that Jesus spoke, metanoeo, which means to change your mind. Everybody say metanoeo. When we hear the word repent, we automatically think change my behavior. I'm committing fornication. I should stop. I'm stealing and lying. I should stop. I've been doing things I don't want to do. Let me stop. We automatically think of changing our conduct, but that's not what repent means. Repent means change your thoughts. Now understand, when Jesus began his ministry, he had been preparing for this moment for 30 years. This was the first message he came out with. He's building an international global ministry that would last for eternity. And he planned very carefully the message he should come out with. And he came out with this message, change your thinking. Why? Because Jesus knows there's a link between our thoughts and our actions. And Jesus was most occupied with getting people to change their thinking so that it would result in a changed life. You see, it doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care how you act. He does. Young man, you're not off the hook today. He cares about the way you live and the standards you keep. But he doesn't come to say change your behavior. He comes to say change your mind because he knows right thinking leads to right living. And if we stop and think about this, we'll all agree. We know that every idea, every plan, every goal, every ambition starts with a thought. It's planted in our minds. And today we say, think before you act, because we know this to be true. We know that life change begins in our minds. So the starting point for victory, the starting point for your destiny in spiritual warfare is not in your behavior, it's in your mind. That's why Ephesians 4.17 says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. In other words, God's got a better plan. He wants you to win in spiritual warfare. He wants you to achieve your destiny. And it begins when you change your mind. So how do we do that? It brings us to our second truth where we understand your greatest weapon is God's truth. Listen to verse 4 in our text. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So Paul introduces our second surprising truth. Not only is the arena of the battle surprising, it's our mind, but the weapons are also surprising. It's not what you think. It's not the weapons of the world. The weapon you need is God's truth. For the fact is your greatest battle is not a power encounter. Your greatest battle is a truth encounter. This is the lesson we can learn from the life of Jesus. Every time Jesus faced Satan in a power encounter, he won hands down, pata pata. When the demon possessed came to him, Jesus cast out the devil and they went running and crying. When the sick came, he healed them. When the dead came, he raised them to life. When the devil tried to fight Jesus, man for man, blow for blow, Jesus always wins in a power encounter. If you believe it, say amen. Yet there was another encounter between Jesus and the devil, and that was a truth encounter. 
The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, in the temptation of Jesus, that three times the enemy came to attack Jesus. He didn't give him a blow. He didn't make him sick. He didn't steal his money. He came to try to plant lies inside the mind of Jesus. And three times, Jesus responded with the truth. Satan tried to plant lies. Jesus responded with the truth. And think about this for a moment. When Satan came to attack Jesus, his number one attack was lies. He attacked his mind. And in the temptation of Jesus, we discover a surprising truth. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he did not bind Satan. He did not tear down family altars. He did not cast out the devil. Jesus doesn't even rebuke Satan. He doesn't even pray. Jesus used truth to defeat the devil. And that same truth is what will win the victory for us. You see, the devil's job is to deceive the minds of men. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God of this age, that's the loser, Lucifer, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. If the devil had his way right now in your life, he would blind your mind and deceive you. For 2 Corinthians 11:3 says, "But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your what? Your your everybody say minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion." to Christ. You know what our problem is in the church today? We want to bind the devil, but we don't want to bring our thoughts under Jesus' control. We want to cast out Satan, but we don't want satanic thoughts cast out of our minds. We attack witches and wizards in our prayer life, but you won't attack the lustful pornographic thoughts in your mind. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Mm -hmm. We want to change our status. We want to change our circumstances, but we're not willing to change our thinking. But you see, the fact is the mind is the one area where you can play with sin and nobody but you and God knows. You can sit there and smile at your boss and meanwhile there's a pornographic movie playing in your mind. You can sit in church and sing and clap and talk about freedom and inside your plot, I'm going to get that man. I'm going to destroy him. Fire, fire, fire. Revenge. <laughs> inside your thoughts, you can play with sin and nobody knows it. And you think, well, there's no harm. It's just a thought. I didn't act upon it. But understand that as a man thinks, so is he. And as you think, you become a slave to that thought and you allow Satan access through the small gate in your great wall, and it destroys your life. That's the lesson we can learn from my favorite animal, the African elephant. The African elephant is a giant of nature, the largest animal on the land. At birth, it's common for a young calf to weigh 120 kilograms. Hey, they typically live 50 to 70 years. One elephant lived 82 years. The largest elephant ever recorded that we know of was a male elephant in Angola. It weighed about 12 
1,000 kilograms and had a shoulder height of 4.2 meters. That's big. But though the elephant is strong and mighty, he has a weakness. The elephant, believe it or not, can be held captive by a small rope tied around his leg and tied to a stake. But you see, domesticated elephants have this issue. When they're born, their owner will take a small rope and tie it around the leg of the elephant, tie it to a stake, and put it in the ground. And when the elephant is a baby, he's not yet matured or developed. He doesn't have the strength to break free. So he'll keep pulling and pulling and pulling, but the stake and the rope hold him down. Scientists will tell you that a young elephant may try 10,000 times to break free, but eventually a thought begins to develop. You can't be free. You can't get loose. This rope is stronger than you. The thoughts of the elephant begin to hold it captive. And later in life, when the elephant has grown up and he could easily snap the rope and snap the stake, his mind holds him down. He's learned to think, I can't be free. Sadly, this same weakness can be seen in many of us in the church. We grew up with mental habits and mental thought structures that were defeating and doubtful and despairing. We were told things by our mother and father, by our teachers and our friends. We saw things online and it has impacted us and our failures, our doubts, our depression, our discouragement have developed patterns of thinking. But when you come to Christ, suddenly the name that is above every name is available to you. All the power of the Almighty promise to you in the Bible is yours. You can walk in victory. You can rise above. You can prevail. You can live and achieve your destiny. But when we allow the habits and the thoughts of our past to hold us down, no matter how much power God puts inside of us, we don't break free. Our thought patterns keep us down. So let me ask you some questions today. What thought patterns have you developed that are keeping you down from growing in Christ? What lies do you think over and over in your mind that are keeping you from victory? What battles are you facing in your thought life that prevent you from going to the next level? Expose the lie break the rope. You don't have to accept those lies. You don't have to believe every thought. You have to bring your thoughts to obedience. For lies do not have any power in your life unless you give it to them. The only time a lie has power is when you believe it. And our ability to demolish, demolish demonic strongholds is based on our acceptance of the truth. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 6.14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. The belt of truth is what holds the whole armor together. The belt of truth is the foundation of your warfare, for the truth gives you the power to overcome the lies, and the truth sets you free. Jesus said in John 8.32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in the truth, you have power. In the truth, you have victory. In the truth, you can overcome. In the truth, you can achieve your destiny. But here's the caveat we need to accept. Right before verse 32, Jesus said this in verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So although we have the power of the truth, and although the truth can set you free, you've got to abide in it. When you get God's word inside of you and get his truth inside your heart and mind, then you 
you will live free. But the truth won't set you free if you don't believe it. The truth won't set you free if you don't accept it. The truth won't set you free if you don't obey it. The only time the truth will set you free is when you reject the lies of the devil and you bring your thoughts captive to obedience to Christ and embrace the truth of his word. And that brings us to our third truth today. Your greatest victory is taking every thought captive. Listen to how our text ends in verse 5. It says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So here's God's command. Here's God's desire. Here's God's word to you today. Take every thought, every day, every hour, bring it captive. Tell it to sit down, shut up, and listen to Jesus, and bring the truth of God's word into your life. For taking every thought captive means you arrest it. You put every thought in chains and you make it obey the Lord Jesus Christ. For either you will take your thoughts captive or your thoughts will take you captive. If you don't control your thoughts and bring them under the truth, you'll put yourself under the devil's control. But if you bring your thoughts to Christ and allow his truth to dominate, you will prevail. That's the powerful lesson we can learn from the true story of a man from the UK named Stephen Akpabio. Stephen Akpabio was a son of Nigerian immigrants, but he was raised in some of the worst slums of London. All around him, there was darkness and dirt and sin and evil. And at a young age, Stephen decided that life was a jungle and he would have to fight to get and grab whatever he could. So he left school and left home at the age of 15 and started dealing hard drugs. Then his father died. His sister died. And Stephen's life spiraled out of control. In 2002, he was arrested by British police for selling cocaine. And when he went before the judge, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Stephen's life seemed over. But the greatest prison Stephen faced wasn't the metal bars and the heavy doors and the shackles. The greatest prison he faced was inside his mind. No one believed in me, Stephen says. I didn't believe in myself either. Inside his prison cell, his thoughts tormented him. Liar, loser, worthless, idiot. Your life is over. You'll never become anything. You're doomed. From outward appearance, it all seemed to be true. But then in God's mercy, a door of opportunity cracked open. You see, in the British prison system, every single prisoner who comes in is required to take an assessment to determine their academic ability. Well, Stephen Akpabio didn't think he had any chance. He dropped out of school at 15. He had no qualifications. But when he took the assessment test, it came back and showed very positive results. The prison authorities were so impressed, they encouraged him to enroll in the Open University. And Stephen had to choose, would he believe the lies he'd always believed? You're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. Or would he believe the truth on the letter presented in front of him that showed he had academic ability? Stephen sat in his prison cell. The lies spoke. The truth spoke. And suddenly Stephen stepped up and made a change in his thinking that changed his life. He decided to follow the truth. He enrolled in Open University. But Stephen Akpabio didn't just earn one degree. 
in the eight years he was in prison before his release, he also earned two master's degrees. Today, Stephen Akpabio is a PhD candidate, and he himself is now a lecturer at Open University. In fact, Stephen Akpabio now lectures students in the very prison where he was incarcerated. He went from prisoner to PhD. He went from drug dealer to dad. He went from ruined to rehabilitated. And it all began when he overcame the stronghold of his mind. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in his inspiring story. You can take control of your thoughts by the power of God, and you can transition from wherever you're at now to complete and total victory. That's why Philippians 2.5 says, think as Christ Jesus thought. When you think like Jesus, you become transformed. You begin to act like Jesus and speak like Jesus and let the anointing of Jesus flow through you. So here's the challenge for all of us today. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. This may seem like a difficult task, but there is a plan and there is a promise of power for you. God has not left you alone. He promises to come alongside you and help you so that the mind of the master can be the master of your mind. For Hebrews 10, 16 says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And you have a promise from God. You have a purpose from God. You have a plan from God. God says, I personally am gonna come and join with you. I'm gonna transform your mind. I'm gonna write my laws in your mind and you will receive change when you change your mind. But there's a part you must play. You have to fill your mind with the truth. You have to bring every thought captive. You have to remain steadfast in keeping your focus on Jesus. That's the lesson we can learn from the professional runner from Ethiopia named Senbere Tefere. On July 4th this year, Senbere was competing in the Peach Tree Road Race in Atlanta, USA. She had won this race in 2022, and as the race neared the final seconds, it looked like Sunbury would win again. She was ahead of the pack. In fact, she was just a few seconds from the finish line. It seemed certain she would win the gold and the $10,000 cash prize. But with just a few meters to go, Sunbury shifted her focus from the finish line and the distraction cost her the race. She made a right turn instead of running straight ahead. Fortien Tesfe raced past Senbury and crossed the finish line four seconds ahead of her. Senbury's mistake cost her first place and $10,000. Because see, the fact is all the planning, all the preparation, all the talent in the world will not Win your destiny if you don't win the battle for your mind. Don't get distracted. Don't focus on the wrong goal. Keep your mind fixed on Jesus. For Hebrews 3, 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Because your greatest battle is in the mind. And your greatest weapon is God's truth. And your greatest victory will come when you take every thought captive and stay focused on Jesus.
Would you stand together with me all across the auditorium in the back and the balcony? Let's take a moment today. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to encourage all of us to pray today. There are strongholds in your mind, patterns of thinking. God wants to expose that today. He wants to reveal to you the wrong habits and the wrong ideas and the wrong patterns you've gotten into, and he wants to begin to replace it with a hunger and a love for the truth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people right now. I submit them to you. I break every bondage of deception in our hearts and minds, every pattern of wrong thinking, every lie we've been told from ungodly people, everything we believed against ourselves, everywhere we've given access to the devil to come and control us by allowing his deception in our mind and in our hearts. Lord, deliver us from that. Point it out to us. Expose the lie and reveal the truth to us today. Break every chain in us. We offer our minds to you. We offer our thoughts to you and we pledge by your grace and power to bring them captive in the name of Jesus, to make them obey you. We speak to our minds today. Mind in the name of Jesus. Obey the truth. Mind in the name of Jesus. Bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that as we follow you, as we change our thinking, as we control the stronghold of our mind, we trust in you to transform our lives today. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.